hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary, our Buffy podcast. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, uh, guys. We are... It's Friday. We're I already think... having technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, but, Do you yeah, wanna, we're, here, it's, we're yeah. here to talk about uh, some season two episodes. Uh, episode six, mm-hmm. which is called Lie to Me, and episode seven, which is called The Dark Age. Uh, these are some pretty good episodes, and uh, they're yeah. very dark. They were dark. There was a lot of people like revealing a lot of heavy truths to Buffy <laughs> a short span of time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I am so excited to talk about these, but I feel really rude because I feel like I want to know how you're doing. How are mm, you, Jimmy? It's not rude. It's so nice. I'm pretty good. <laughs> Um, this is the first time in a while that we've been recording that I'm not just like sweating, 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 because <laughs> I can't ever turn on my air conditioner when we record because it's like way too loud. So it's it actually is pretty hot here today, but it hasn't made its way into the apartment. So so that's good. That's one good good thing number that's, one. Um, and then I finished nice. moving in to my boyfriend's apartment last weekend. So now I like Ooh. live here for real. It's exciting, and I get well, to buy like, some furniture. It's more like official right like you still yeah. live there already <laughs> I was definitely living here already <laughs> but now I don't also have stuff in another apartment that I'm paying rent at <laughs> so that's exciting so yeah it's like How official like you like you're changing all your addresses and like all yeah, that stuff I did yes wow actually I still have a few more to change and actually need to cancel a few more things still hmm all right, well, I've got things to do. When That's we're the worst recording. part of moving is, like, trying to remember, like, what you... So the best part about moving is, like, then you have to... It takes a while to ramp up again to, like, all the junk mail, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have, like, a good, solid couple months until, like, the... Mm-hmm. the like Everyone paper, finds like, you. Yeah. Yeah, the paper storm begins. But, like, you have to remember what you actually intentionally want to come to you. Mm-hmm. So it's always a fun game of, like, wait, what do I have mailed to me on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. that's my big news. That's what I've been doing. What have you been up to this week? Well, I'll tell you, this week was not fun, but <laughs> okay. um, it's Friday, so that's yeah. exciting. That is and exciting. I'm excited for the weekend. I've got like my book club is meeting tomorrow, which is always mm. a fun time. Like we, well, okay, it's like book club is like our technical reason but mm-hmm. it's more like fun wine hanging club with out friends, yeah right I mean you just hang out and drink all day so and then you come home and question yourself the next day of like am I too old <laughs> to be doing this now the answer is probably yes but since it only happens like every six or eight weeks I feel like I can get away with it for a few yeah. more years mm. um, I agree so what about book, that what book did you read what did we read this thriller called um what was it called Oh, you should have known. Um, hmm. And it's funny because so my friend Christiana picked it out. And I think of anyone in the book club, like she and I have the most like divergent tastes in books. Okay. But I actually love when she it's her turn to pick because mm-hmm. every single time she picks something that like on first glance, I'm always like, I never would have read this in a million mm-hmm. years. And they're always consistently good, which is okay. nice because like, you that know, sometimes nice. you get some duds and like yeah. everyone comes together and you're just like... Well, who finished the book? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so bad. But, like, hers yeah. are always, like, pretty, like, fun. Like, I don't want to say easy, but, like, you know, they're, like, breezy, yeah. like, interesting, entertaining reads. Okay. So, That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, and then it's a miracle that I finished that too. So it was kind of exciting. Well, actually not really. I read it in like two days, but I kept forgetting <laughs> to read it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I've been just sleeping on the train. that's why I was like not watching Buffy last week because I was finishing mm, that book. You were reading. Um, I forgot about the other really important update to my week, which is that I learned how to make GIFs for myself. So what did you learn how to make? Uh, GIFs. Are you questioning oh, me for saying right. it in the no, other way? No, I'm not. You, I okay. think that you <laughs> pronounce it correctly, Okay. but I heard something else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I'm trying to say is that I, my, you know, my long-term goal is to spam our Twitter, um, that we have like two followers. <laughs> I spam them all with GIFs of Spike forever now. So, um, but mostly just when I try and make posts, it's it's really frustrating to try and find like the exact clip that you want. So now I'm like I'm in total control of it. Everyone should really well, follow our Twitter now worthy, that I, I can make you... my own gifs. That's very worthy, Jenny. But you just lied to everyone about why you actually want to make gifs. Okay. And it's because you want to terrify the hell out of me. Oh, really, well, yeah. Duh, what you yeah, yeah. That's the stated goal of everything I do in life is to try and freak you out in some way or another. Uh, but yeah. You're just lucky we aren't actually doing antagon- a, like a podcast about Farscape, okay? Yeah. So. Well, I am intentionally trying to antagonize you with every single post that I make. <laughs> Not last week. Last week I was posting about Spike, and that was just for fun for me. But, but yeah. I should just tweet, send you that um, dummy picture every once in a while. No, okay, when you put that up, that was the first thing that I saw in the morning. Like, I woke up, and sometimes, you know, it's rough waking up, so I'm, like, easing myself into the day with, like, Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter mm-hmm. or something, and, like, it was literally the first thing I saw. It was I, like, couldn't the worst any way that I can so think happy. of to wake up. I, like, 100% mission accomplished, right? Like, God, I'm so good at this. Okay, well, that's exciting. These episodes well, I'm didn't glad really you were excited. I, I was don't know like what's really freaked out, out for the rest of the day. Ones. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, okay. well, uh, yeah. Speaking of lying to people, talk about yeah these episodes. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Well, do you? Well, you know what? I so there was one of these that I really wanted to do the recap for, and one that I didn't, and I okay. think now you don't that, remember what. Okay, just continue. (laughs) Is it this one or is it the other one? Well, that's what I was trying to remember. I don't remember. So, um... Mm. It's a big risk. Shoot. I think that I didn't want to do the first one. Okay, that's good, because I think I don't want to do the next one. Yeah, Um, that's my best guess, is that I... (laughs) I mean, it could be opposite. I mean, maybe I don't remember. I don't know. We'll see. This is... Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into it so people don't have to keep hearing us talk about which one of us is going to talk about a summary. Ugh, okay. No, I think that uh, it's really important that we first explain what we're going to do and then okay. we do it. And then we're going to tell everyone about how we did it. Okay. It's kind of meta. Like, we comment on the action as it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is its own in-depth podcast about how we make this podcast. Right. It's, it's like having the one. special features commentary exactly. on while you're, like, creating <laughs> exactly. it. Uh, okay. I thought okay, that's why I'm we were called gonna... once more with commentary, but it's more <laughs> right. like first time with commentary. <laughs> uh, all right. So episode six, lie to me. We were last week. We could not for the life of us remember what this episode was about. Honestly, it took me like a while into it before I was like, oh, this episode. 
Um, but it's a good one. So this, uh, this episode opens up with Drusilla, like, stalking a child in a playground after dark. Like, who, what parent in Sunnydale is letting this kid hang out by himself after dark? But <laughs> someone, someone is. Uh, but luckily, Angel, you know, he finds her and stops her from murdering a little kid. Um, and then they kind of are talking for a while. And while Buffy is on her patrol, she sees them together. And she doesn't really know anything about Drusilla at this point. So she's basically just jealous and also like a little bit suspicious about why he's talking to another vampire. Um, but the next day at school, Buffy's surprised to see one of her old classmates from L.A., this guy named Ford. Um, and so they start hanging out and he quickly reveals that he actually already knows that she's the Slayer. You know, she's trying to keep it a secret while she's like killing some vampires in the alleyway outside the bronze. But he's like, oh, it's cool. I totally know. Um, but of course, there's a sinister reason why he knows. And it's because he's part of a crazy vampire cult who are, it's a bunch of teenagers who are going to try and get turned into vampires because they worship them and think that they are, you know, uh, like, not gods quite, but, you know, super, you know, like, highly revered beings. Um, so he sells Buffy out to Spike. He says, like, hey, if you make me a vampire, I'll get the Slayer for you. And obviously Spike wants a piece of that, or at least wants to see, to check it out. Um, so they all get trapped. He sabotages Buffy. Spike shows up. Also, Ford reveals that the reason that he wants to do this at all is because he has, like, a brain tumor and he's going to die soon and he would rather be immortal as a vampire than dead. He kind of, like, tries to play it for sympathy. It does not work, I don't think. Um, but eventually Buffy escapes and leaves him locked in there with um, Spike and Drusilla. And then the next day she, like, or a few days later maybe, They've buried her friend Ford because he died, but he comes back as a vampire and she stakes him. Every time I think he's dead at the end, too. So I'm always surprised when he comes back. Um, but yeah, that's kind of I always end. have the same thing where, like, because it, it ends on, like, this funeral scene, right, of, like, Buffy mm -hmm. bringing flowers to the grave. Mm -hmm. And which, if she's just going to a grave to, like, await a rising, like, she's not going to bring flowers. Um, mm -hmm. So you kind of think, like, oh, they're the only people there having, like, this little service for him. Mm -hmm. And then and then he pops up and you're like, oh, right, they were in the cemetery waiting for him to become a vampire. Yeah. Or I just in case he did. Because yeah, I think it was probably just in case. That's always a surprising thing to me is, like... Why does Spike, Spike go and Drusilla with it? actually yeah. kept their word? Exactly. I was like, as I was typing my little summary notes, I was like, ah, and then Spike betrays him, and then I was like, oh, just kidding, he did not betray him. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess he did in a kind of a moral sense, but he did what he asked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will. I will say, like you said, like this is another episode that I usually don't remember, and I, I think maybe because maybe the beginning of a lot of seasons, you know, you have your kind of reset episodes mm -hmm. of like you're still kind of reminding people of like what this especially season two like what this world is like you know what the stakes are and like um mm -hmm. who's involved and so you have these kind of like one-off episodes and like this is one of those like it's kind of like reptile boy where um I don't usually remember it but then every time I'm like oh I actually really like this episode. yeah I agree um like it's very dark it but is. oh I mean and the other important thing that I left out is that we find out at least a huge piece of Angel's backstory, you know, he reveals this, some of the horrible things that he's done to Buffy. So, like, that alone is kind of like, well, this episode is yeah. really important because it's the first time she finds out that, like, she knows he's a vampire and she knows that he's good, but she doesn't really know anything about him. So. 
Well, and also this is the first one where the gang kind of becomes aware of Drusilla because at this mm-hmm. point, yeah, they that's true. Know that Spike is this vampire that's in town, but they don't know anything beyond that or like why he's there. They they still don't know why he's come to town, and um, you know, I think we don't even really know at this point. Like this was a question I had of like. Why is Spike there? Like, did he hear that there was a new Slayer in Sunnydale? And he was like, maybe I should go there and, like, help her. And she can help, like, with her blood, like, cure Drusilla. Or was he like, I should go and see what's going on in Sunnydale? Hmm. Or is there a reason that they were going to come and, like... Because, you know, they steal the book in this episode. Yeah. Um, I think they are there to heal Drusilla. Yeah, I but think it's he never really that clear. And so, from I think the maybe game's perspective, like... Yeah, that's true. Like... I think from their perspective, like, they encounter her for the first time. I mean, like, Buffy's the first one to for see sure, her. For sure, yeah. And it's interesting that she, like, she's not sure that she's a vampire. She should be sure, like, based right. on her um, weird past, like, yeah. identify, identification of vampires based on their dress. Like, yeah, very exactly. obvious Drusilla is a vampire. Um, but also, like, she sees her interaction with Angel and it is interesting what she's witnessing because mm-hmm. we've seen Drusilla for a couple episodes now so right. we know like what her deal is what sort she of. is and it is interesting to see like her demeanor kind of changes around Angel in like this yeah. kind of subtle way that I think they get into more like later in the season but you know and I think some of it I notice now that I know where this is going. Like, I had a lot of questions around their interaction. But, like, mm-hmm. what Buffy sees is she sees Angel talking to a woman. And Closely, it kind of like, far away maybe looks like they're, like, kissing. It kind of did, but yeah. Like, but does it? Like, that's the thing. Like, she's so jealous. Like, immediately. Like, is she listening yeah. to what they said? Because, like. I don't think she could hear them. She kind of walks up right when Angel's like, this can't go on, Drusilla. Like, it mm-hmm. sounds like he's, you know, like, ending a tryst yeah, or something. True. Um, But it's odd and you know and and then I want to talk later a little bit about the conversation that she and Angel have Mm -hmm. I guess we talk about now but um because you know he interrupts her um stalking of this little boy um essentially she's hunting this kid for dinner right and Angel intervenes but before Angel intervenes like she's telling this kid about this song that her mother used to sing to her and then she tells Angel do you remember the song mother used to sing me and what I was wondering is she talking about her mother, or is, did Darla used to sing this to her? Oh, because I assume she I was talking about her actual mother, in, but... Well, I think we see in later episodes, and this could be on Angel, but mm-hmm. Drusilla kind of refers to them as, like, mummy and daddy, right? That's true. Like, yeah. Because Angel fires her, and Darla is essentially his mate, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a good that, point. Like, and again, this is totally based on, like, knowing way in the future, like different dynamics that they kind of spell out but i, I think that pause like yeah the, the way like, that she i assuming the way that, that angel inter- interpreted like, stalking it, her and like that's knew? yeah that's what i interpreted as is that she's kind of taunting him reminding him of all the horrible things that he's done and because specifically in this episode is also when angel then goes and tells buffy about all of that stuff about how he killed off her family like one by one and he did he did stalk her and would would have known something like that and used it to torture her so I think she's referencing. I think she's referencing her actual mother. I think it works both ways, but I think, I I think in the context of this episode where he makes this big reveal, it makes more sense for her to be talking about her actual mother. Right. It's interesting to think about, though. Like yeah. Maybe they meant it. No, that's true. Or maybe I do just, think it works it's one of those way. things that works in retrospect of having mm-hmm. two meanings. Yeah, for sure. Um. Because until the end of the episode, we don't know. Well, 
I mean, that's the thing. Like, at the end of this episode, if you're coming, you know, brand new, you mm-hmm. know that Angel sired Drusilla. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you don't really have any indication. Like, there's no mention of Darla. Like, yeah. they don't, you don't know that they were all together as, like, right. this vampire group. So, yeah, it's probably just meant to be, like, her real mother. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Here's, here's my question about that interaction. Or really, I guess this kind of is about this whole couple episodes, you know, why doesn't Angel just kill her? You know, she's there. She's weak. He could probably take her anyway. I'm a little bit, I guess, just, I mean, I think it's because of emotions, I guess. I don't know. I mean, is he surprised surprised to see her? Did he know she was there? I guess he must have because he would know that she was with Spike and he's seen Spike. He must have assumed that where Spike goes, she goes, mm-hmm. but... He didn't seem I, I mean, surprised that's a good to see I mean, you have to wonder if it's strategically a bad move to kill Drusilla, because then all you're going to do is piss Spike off, right? That's true. So, um, yeah. And, like, bring the wrath of Spike down on Buffy, and it's... And, like, he basically, like, his, he's trying to do the easiest thing, and he's, like, just leave. Like, tells right, them both that's to, like, true. get out of town. Yeah. And go. And it could be that, or it could be also, like, I mean, we don't really see Angel at this point actively combating vampires. I mean, he does sometimes, Mm -hmm. but not the ones that he knows. So, like, it could be that he would feel more guilt over killing them, even though he knows they're evil, but, like... I think he would. And also... some way, they were theoretically his friends. You know what else I just realized, too, though, is that he's also probably got a lot of... You know, he has a lot of extra baggage because he did already killed Drusilla once yeah like maybe he doesn't he's not emotionally ready to do it again you know he's the reason that she's in this condition I could see him not really wanting to like take the final straw okay that's where that's where I'm settling is like he already that like dramatic arcs don't usually come from the most obvious course of action right (laughs) right right well yeah I mean the real reason is because we need them the rest of the season and the show but um but he does know that she's dangerous so it does seem a little bit weird um, you know, he's not really trying that hard to stop them. Whereas later he threatens their lives a lot, I think. So anyway, um, well, I guess we should just kind of finish talking about just that big reveal. I mean, it's just so dark every time, you know, like, I feel like we've been saying this the whole podcast, uh, but like, I'm just surprised at how far things go so early, you know, like Angel just admitting that he like, he just picked a girl. She was pretty young. I think when he targeted her killed her entire family and then she runs away to a convent and then on the day she takes her you know vows or whatever to become a nun then he turns her on that day like that's just above and beyond well it is and i think it's interesting because we see angel just you know openly like confessing this like he he hesitates at first but then buffy kind of tells him like you know you need Mm -hmm. to be honest or i can handle it or whatever and so he tells her and Okay, I think it's strategic, right? Because at this point, the writers obviously know, like, Angel's going to turn. So mm-hmm. it, it has way less impact when he turns if you have no idea what's coming. Like, you right. have to kind of build this foundation of, like, Angel's become evil. What does that mean? Well, from what we've learned in the previous episodes, that means kind of a, oh, that's a, a bad, like, yeah. a very bad thing that's about to happen. Like, Angel being evil is not just, like random vampire in the alley being evil like this is angelus and we're learning bit by bit what that means and so this is what occurred to me during this episode is we argue a lot about why angel gets a pass for some of this Mm -hmm. behavior in spike Mm -hmm. that's exactly mm -hmm. and i but this scene reminded me of like so buffy in this 
I mean, they're not even really together at this point, but in the, mm-hmm. in her growing closer to Angel, like, their romantic relationship is growing. Like, she's having to face who he really is, like, mm-hmm. a little bit at a time, right? Like, right. Because day to day, he's nice, he's helpful, mm-hmm. he's broody, but and he's not evil, he's not murdering people. Like, he's... He's, he's specifically doing good, good. Right? yeah. Right, but he has this past, but she doesn't ever have to really confront the past in a real way. Like, she hears stories of, like, right. this is what I did, this is why I'm so bad, but, like, this is all 200-year-old history at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So she's... It's not as real, really. Like, it's already happened, and, like, this is the angel that's here and now. Right. And so when Angel goes bad, she's already fallen for Angel, then he goes bad. And so it... So it's kind of one of those things, I think, when, like someone changes not for the better once you already love them. Like Mm -hmm. you're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for longer. And then like when he comes back and he's good again, like she forgives him for all of what he's did. He does horrible things, but like, I think it's one of those things things of like, she loved him first while Mm -hmm. he was good. And then he theoretically like messed up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she's forgiving him because she still loves him. But I think the difference between that situation and Spike is like, she starts falling for Spike when he's like technically like still not good, right? Mm-hmm. Like she feels this kind of pull to him. So like, it's like kind of making allowances for someone you love screwing up versus someone like you don't love yet that's like starting as a screw up. And like, you're always less likely to like give people a second chance or the benefit of the doubt if you don't already care for them. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that as an audience is like because of the order in which we're introduced of like right. Angel's good, then bad, then good versus Spike is bad and then gradually gets, I would argue, not better until he gets a soul. But like, you know, season six hmm. Spike is still evil Spike. He's just essentially neutered, but he's still not good. Like, he's helping them out because... He is helping them. And now he's... Yeah. Okay, but at first he starts helping them because he's bored, and then he just wants to kill something, and then he realizes, hey, I can kill demons. And so... But like, it yeah. kind of evolves from there. Sure, I'm, I'm, I'm not well, saying yeah, like, he I want to focus more on Angel place, but, just because he's in this. But I think what it yeah. is is, like, as an audience, like, having him go from bad to good is certainly an interesting arc, but when you're trying to compare him to Angel, it's, like, from an emotional standpoint, like... Yeah. But it's just interesting because I feel like like I obviously feel the complete opposite. I think it's so much better to go to watch someone grow into a good character than to see someone just start there. But it is interesting. I um, Yeah, but I guess it's also interesting because like you're clearly looking at it more from Buffy's perspective, whereas like, again, I don't I think, it you know, in so many ways, Spike is not a good fit for her. So like it doesn't you know, they probably shouldn't be together. At least the way that they behave in a relationship is really awful. But at the same time, like me watching him, he's the one that I want to root for, you know? I mean, I want, no, I want to root for Angel too. Totally I just want him to be to, like, away him. in LA. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, but I guess I just want to focus more on, supposed- on this one because we go down this spike road a lot <laughs> at my Well, I think, I, I know, and I thought about that, but I think that in this particular episode, talking about Angel's past and Buffy's, not she doesn't forgive him for it right away or accept it really but it's you know this is the first time buffy's really confronting his past right mm-hmm. like because it's literally showing up in town like yeah. Drusilla's walking around not breathing but you know she's right. physically there so buffy's being confronted and i only bring this point up because this is the first like this is where we first confront like or we first see buffy like truly making that decision of okay angel was this person and i'm choosing to move past that yeah but it's interesting also because I think he tells her that story, I think, to try and discourage her. 
you know? I feel like he is, he's trying to get her to not want to date him, but doesn't work, obviously. Because he's used to not getting what he wants, but he can deal with it. But, like, Mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't really make it easy for him to just kind of, like, he's not going to leave because he's dedicated himself to helping her. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want him to leave and she's drawn to him. But, like, I think he's trying to do whatever he can, like, well, he's not really trying that hard. Like, no, he's not. Really <laughs> he does make her admit that she. Action, but yeah, he does make her admit that she loves him before he yeah. tells him that stuff. <laughs> tells her that stuff. Yeah. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's a little hmm. weird. Um, um. Okay. Well, onto the like less. I mean, the whole episode's pretty heavy, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of a little bit more uh, levity in some of these other things. I guess there's really it's not. It's funny. But. No, it's so funny. <laughs> I like almost every th- every scene. So, okay, another important thing about this episode, and I started out with a note of like, so there in that scene at the bronze where um, Buffy takes Ford to the bronze mm-hmm. with Willow and Xander and mm-hmm. Angel shows up at and um, <laughs> Buffy's and Buffy's mad at him. So yeah. she and Ford like go outside and Angel and um, Willow and Xander are left. And I kind of had this thing. Like, I was like, well, that's really rude. Like, he's theoretically dating Buffy and he has zero interest in her friends. Yeah, I agree. But then this is the episode where, like, they bond with him. Like, he's working with Willow to, like, figure out what's going on with Ford. And, like, the whole thing, like, leads to this, like, wonderful comedic, like, subplot. Because, I mean, first of all, like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, an erection joke that happens, right? <laughs> okay. Is that what that was? Like, when Xander's, like, when Angel's doing something wrong, I want to know because I get a happy? Like, yeah, like, yeah. No. Well, he always yeah. says that. Um, yeah. This is also but, like, the episode Willow, where they like, reference that song about touching yourself, so I guess this one really just Well, that's what I'm saying, but, like, yeah. the moment of, like, Willow realizing what that song is yeah. about is, like, hilarious. And, like, also, like... Xander realizing, like, how closely and um, Angel and Willow have been working, like, together. And mm-hmm. he, like, finds out that Angel was in Willow's bedroom. Yeah. And she's just like, ours is a forbidden yeah. love. Like, <laughs> it's funny. It's really funny. And, like, that's important because it really is, like, a really dark episode. And this theme of lying yeah. comes up so many times. It does. Like, almost I all the lies. more so than usually in, like, yeah. a Buffy episode of, like, mm-hmm. they're really beating you over the head with the theme of this. Like, every single character at one point says, like, I wouldn't lie to you. Or, yeah, they did say it a lot. I'm lying to you. <laughs> I was or, listening like, to it. Listening you for know, it. everybody lies. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like, it's pretty much, like, yeah, 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 we get it. You're talking about lying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um... Um, and we see characters lying too, right? Like, yeah, you know, Buffy's kind of lying to Ford when she realizes what's going on and Willow and Xander are lying to Buffy because mm-hmm. they know Angel's worried, but yeah. they don't want to tell her in case it's something. Ford's lying to um, Buffy and he's lying to everybody have, in the club and yeah, and Spike like, is lying to everyone because he's always lying. At the end, Giles lying. Exactly. Yeah. Giles is lying. We have it at the end. Like, Buffy wants Giles to, like, lie to her on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, not ready to really have everything be that Deal with all honest. these difficult truths. Although, one of the things that he yeah. says as his in his list of lies is that they'll always defeat the bad guys and save the day. And that is true. Way to go, Giles. You accidentally said one that's not a lie. I guess, technically, there's probably a few I battles mean, that they lose. But, basically, they always save the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, also, we have the, like... Um, really weird thing I think of like Giles sort of actively encouraging Buffy's relationship with Angel yeah I also thought that was really weird when he's like oh take a night off go hang out with Angel I was like what 
yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. I guess he's just trying to be nice and that he, you know, decided to just let it go. Um, I also want to talk about Chanterelle because this episode right, uh, accidentally introduces a very, not, not very important character, but a small recurring character that, you know, she starts here and then moves on to Angel. She's actually one of my like favorite, favorite things. I really like her. Uh, so she's the blonde girl like, in the in the club, right? And they meet her. Right, and but she's not an angel. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and totally is later. She ha- runs like a social service. She runs a social like a oh homeless God, teen you're center right, or something. You're right. Okay. Uh, how dare you? She's gonna <laughs> pop up again. Yeah, next she'll season, be in next season then, once, and then oh, she makes right. this I like. Forgot. That's how, and then that's how we get introduced to Gun, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, he might come first. Yes. Either way, it's just kind of nice when they throw these little character moments in the background because, like, she's never a main enough character to get, like, a full arc. But, like, if you watch all of Buffy and all of Angel, you'll get to see her, like, four or five times pop up and each time just kind of getting progressively, like, more self-possessed. I don't know. I just think it's a really satisfying story. Like, I really enjoy it. She's so, like, loopy and, you know, deluded in this episode. And it's really sad. I think she really plays it well. You know, like, when Angel takes her down when they're confronting her, uh, when they're confronting all these people in this, like, vampire club, and she's like, other viewpoints might be valid, and, like, is almost crying. And I'm like, I know that you're totally going to do this, like, you're making terrible decisions, but, like, I still feel really bad for her. So I just appreciate that they must have just, you know, again, kind of, like, when they find something that works, they'll, like, try and find a way to bring it back. But I really like her. I really like her in Anne uh, in the next time she shows up in Buffy. But, but I also love her here as Chanterelle, a mushroom. <laughs> I exactly. <laughs> um, and also just that they're calling the vampires the lonely ones. Like, I hope I remember that in the future because I want to just refer to them that way sometimes. Um, okay, so that scene where Ford is, like, quoting the movie yeah. behind him, like, where mm-hmm. it's like they clearly just, like, are revering vampires as these, like, creatures, but they, they know literally nothing about them other than I know, what Hollywood it seems- has told them. I think it seems remarkable that they would know nothing, you know. Also, just to point out in that scene, you know, the other kind of parallel throughout this um, episode is that he's also, like, playing this out as though it's, like, a movie in his head. You know, like, he's clearly constructing a narrative for himself of, like, I say this to you and you say this to me. And he, you know, makes people say lines repeatedly throughout the episode. So I think it makes sense that at the beginning he's, like, miming a a movie, you know. Right, Uh, but, like, it's... He does that, but then also, like, from the real-life perspective, well, their real-life perspective, like, he's somehow learned of the existence of vampires, but he's never learned what they're really like. Well, I think he actually like, does know. I'm pretty sure Spike is I the first one he, like, meets. I think he's he's the only one who seems to actually know what's going on, because he's the one that's made a choice, right? Like, he knows that that... I'm pretty sure he knows that... It, 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 he might not know exactly what it's going to be like, but I don't think he thinks that they're like that. I think it's only the other people that he think that. He doesn't... He's ignorant enough to think that he can make a deal with them. I mean, he does make a deal with them. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel I like know it's what an you're accident I'm that they decide to, like... Yeah, I like, mean, it could be. But I, I just don't think... And he's also not could be clueless, calculated right? like, on Spike's knows, part. He knows what a slayer is. Like, he must know something about vampires. I'm not saying he's not... Again, like, I think he's deluding himself, obviously, because he's saying, like, even being alive in this horrible, awful way will be better than being dead. But I think he does know what choice he's making, at least roughly... All of it are, is calculated risks to him. Like, he's happy to risk his life to go talk to Spike because he's going to die anyway. Do 
do you think that Spike made a calculated move in that he turned, like, he kept his word technically. He turned, which he didn't have to. He could have just killed Ford and, Mm -hmm. like, no one would have known. But Mm -hmm. he technically keeps his word and he turns him into a vampire. But he had to know that Buffy's going to come back. Yeah. And she's going to know either he's going to be dead or he's going to turn. And Ford's vampirehood is going to last for about two seconds. Like, yeah. Spike had to be aware that, like, Buffy's not going to, like, let him live. Right. Yeah, I buy that. I Maybe not. Because he really, because Spike wonder. was also. I, mean, like, I honestly, like. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me that Spike would keep this promise. Because as he said, like, I don't want to spend any time with you. Why would I make you immortal? Like, and it's totally the sort of thing that Spike would do, right? Is like, yes, accept these terms, get this, get what he wanted, and then leave him alone. I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, it, I think it, he just lies, like, oh, this isn't going to last anyway. Like, it makes zero sense that he would not just kill him and you know even letting Buffy do the dirty work of stake him like I think in this point it's like purely for the shock of the end of the episode where Ford pops out of the grave like yeah. honestly yeah no I agree um but yeah also you know obviously we're not supposed to sympathize with Ford really he's the villain in this episode but like he really does seem to think that he's justified in doing this and like he does not convince anybody right like no, no, it's not okay no, for you to kill but 30 he thinks people. he's justified yeah. because your life is he's unfair. He's operating purely on survival, like survival mode of like, like but why did he even myself need, first. Why did like, he even need those other people there? He could have just made the same deal with Spike without them. Because I think what he, no, I think what he does is he somehow delivers, like there has to be something for Buffy to find out about, right? So True. he, there's this cult and like she finds out about this and then he gets Spike and Drusilla to come there and delivers them Buffy, but he also delivers them a feast, right? Mm-hmm. So Okay, so he's trying to make it more alluring. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, Buffy alone isn't I'll accept that. necessarily yeah. enough. That's my guess. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of plot holes, honestly. Mm. Well, I don't really, yeah, I don't really think it's a plot hole, but maybe. I get, no, I don't, I guess I'm not, I don't say, know. I'm not suggesting it's a plot hole so much as I'm suggesting that he's even worse than he seems. Because he literally has mapped out the deaths of these people the whole time, you know, knowing that they yeah. weren't going to get what they wanted, probably. And, uh, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, well, he just, like, I, really tries to play the sad I mean, sack at the end, and it's like, nobody, like, nobody's fooled by this. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about this episode at first kind of can seem like a bit of a one-off. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, we've got Spike and Drusilla involved, but, you know, it still kind of seems like a villain of the week kind of thing. Sure. But then... Um, the book. we'll learn in a few episodes, like, yeah, the, this is not like a one-off as it first appears, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, first of all, Giles is so put out that they stole his books. Like yeah. the, it took like, one of my the books. nerve of that, <laughs> but, but, but that book we see becomes a plot point later. And yeah. also like in this episode, like Buffy's learning, like, first of all, of Drusilla's existence. Mm-hmm. Exactly, She's first yeah. described to her as a sometime paramour of Spike's, but mm-hmm. what she really learns is, like, the true value of Drusilla to Spike. Like, she kind of takes a guess of, like, using Drusilla as, like, a bargaining chip right. when she's trying to escape, but she she gets it right because Spike just stops everything. That's true, and yeah. And it very clearly signals to Buffy, like, this is a vampire that is very important to this other vampire. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of see down the road, like, that kind of, you know, becomes an asset in terms of, like, knowledge that Buffy has. So um, this episode does kind of further the narrative quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure. No, I was thinking about that, too. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. I do kind of wish that it, it worked better as like a conflict for, for Ford. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at before, where I'm just saying like, at the end of the day, he's just a murderer, like a mass murderer. But I wish, you know, I understand that they try and give him this, like a little bit of, um, like actual solid reasoning for why he's doing the things that he's doing. You know, like, is he just making a, a logical choice? But it, it really, it, it, because he's, go, he's gone so far with it, it just doesn't really work for me as like a moral conundrum. You know, there's no, no, of course, there's no question that what he's doing is completely wrong. If it were just him trying to turn himself personally into a vampire, I feel like that would kind of be a, you know, well, then we wouldn't get all the great, like, Diego dressed in a sparkly blue cape, but, and, I, and we wouldn't well, okay, have Chanterelle, yeah. but I'm just saying that, the like, the moral the conundrum doesn't really is, work for me, so. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that sight gag when that guy goes by dressed like Angel. <laughs> like Angel, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I really laughed hard at that too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, yeah. I mean, I I also wonder like where are Ford's parents in all of this? Yeah, like he's clearly like just off on I his don't, own. Like, and why so was he buried in Sunnydale? Yeah, right. Like, did he kill his parents? Like, I just yeah. You know, there's a, a lot about this that I feel like isn't quite as explained as Not much so as it tight. could be. But yeah. Um, yeah, like, it would make sense if, like, he had been transferred to Sunnydale and enrolled and, like, then was doing this. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that makes no sense. Why do people get transferred to Sunnydale? But to have him just show up without parents and then get buried. Like, did he run away and they didn't think to tell his parents? Or, like, right. I just It is weird that he would end up some of the in, logistics. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I agree with you. Um, and they just let some student, like, hang around the school who's not enrolled. I, eh, I don't know how hard that would be to do. Probably not that hard <laughs> I maybe between class. Where I don't know where he's going during classes, but yeah, yeah. I guess he also um, is only he's truthfully only there for a few days, so he could probably convince one or two teachers or something, you know. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Um. So a quick a quick thing I want to note before we move on, mm-hmm. but the actor who plays Ford, mm-hmm. okay, is Jason Bear. Uh huh. Who. This is before he was on Roswell for a few seasons and, like, had his own WB show. Like, this is, like, a very WB thing, right, of, like, you have an actor show up in a guest role on an existing show and then Mm -hmm. they launch a new show and then you start to see some familiar faces kind of popping Mm -hmm. up. But the one thing that – and I might be wrong because I have never seen it Mm -hmm. I haven't either. But I'm pretty (laughs) sure – Okay, I've never seen it at all. (laughs) Jason – oh, no, I've seen Roswell. That's Oh, okay. But – um, Jason Bear and Sarah Michelle Gellar, I'm pretty sure, were in The Grudge together. Oh, interesting. Like that horror movie. Like, I'm I, pretty I, sure they were co-stars, so... Oh, I don't think I've seen that That was kind of a one. nice, a neat mm. thing that I remembered watching well, this. that's kind of funny. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I haven't seen that. it, so probably one of them dies early in the film or something, mm-hmm. but... Well, Sarah Michelle Gellar is the main character. She's the, the main character of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure he plays her boyfriend in that. Hmm. Very funny. And they talk about how they went that to, was just they were, that I she, noticed. he was her fifth grade crush. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time you showed up for one episode of my show? <laughs> Remember that time you tried to kill me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is, this, I liked these episodes paired together kind of as like happens to us a lot. I guess because show writers are writing these things sequentially, so it makes sense that one episode leads into the other. But I do think it was interesting to kind of go from this, like, she's talking to Giles specifically about lying to her, right? And then we go right into an episode where Giles is lying to everyone. Right, <laughs> They don't right. say it so many and times, but it fits um, really well. 
And something I was wondering is like, okay, so definitely um, the dark age of this episode we're about to talk about is mm-hmm. a lot darker than the one we just watched. But they're oh, both I don't know fairly. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's marginally. I mean, maybe that's not true. I don't yeah, know. More but people were dying. I think together they just kind yeah. of have this like. It was a little bit of a downer. Really, like, <laughs> one after another. <laughs> yeah. Because there wasn't really, neither one of them had a happy ending. And I guess because um, both of them are are just so disappointing to Buffy, right? Like, both of her heroes get taken down in back-to-back episodes, yeah. you know? You know, obviously not entirely. She still loves and um, respects them. But, like, it's just like, ugh, that's a lot to find all of your, all of these adults that you're trusting in your life. And, like, both, all of them are messed up. But, yeah, so do you want to do the summary for The Dark Age? Yeah. We, th- um, we think you want to, so. First of all, I want to point out that the, <laughs> the first thing that I wrote watching this episode was Ethan in all caps. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad he's back. Because this is the all-important episode of the return of Ethan Rain, who we last mm-hmm. saw um, casting a spell on Halloween to turn mm-hmm. everyone into their costumes. And we did get this um, sort of foreshadowing in that episode mm-hmm. of Giles confronting Ethan and realizing they actually know each other, and we get these very non-subtle hints that Giles might have a bit of a darker past than mm-hmm. we're led to believe than his tweed coats might otherwise <laughs> convey. So here's the episode where we learn about Ripper Giles. So mm-hmm. Giles's younger self. And so the way this happens is, um, you know, Buffy's exercising in the library and, <laughs> and Giles is in there. And outside the library, we see um, this guy kind of running around like, trying to get into the school and this um, creature comes up behind him. It's like this possessed woman Mm -hmm. who um, walks up. She finally catches him and you don't, do we really see what happens? I don't remember. No, you don't. um, Oh no. Well, we see Um, them both fall over and you see the blue thing spill out onto the sidewalk, but that's it. Right. And so um, the next time we check in, Giles is being confronted by the police in the library and, (laughs) Um, this man's body has been found and he only had Giles's name on him. Mm-hmm. So Giles is brought in. Interesting that Giles wasn't really questioned about it. He was more brought in to identify the body. Yeah. I also thought they were going to um, question him. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's assumed that he, they did ask him something, but they did ask right. him a couple questions. I guess maybe, although Cordelia kind of came in and like deflated that situation it, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so Giles identifies the body and then he realizes like, um, you know, this is someone that he used to know. And so clearly it means something to him. Like we see the guy has a tattoo. Mm-hmm. And so then Giles, um, we see him kind of calling all these old acquaintances and finding out one by one that they're dead. And so mm-hmm. he's kind of crossing names off this list. Um, and um, maybe this is the one I didn't want to do because, oh my God, I'm like forgetting <laughs> the chron- chronology of this. So anyway, so one by one, Giles it realizes gets like his old, the end. Yeah. Yeah, his old friends are, are dying. And then, Somehow Ethan comes back again. Oh, Buffy finds Ethan in the library. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but meanwhile, Giles is acting really strange. Like his relationship with Miss Calendar is kind of ramping up, but then Giles is like shutting everyone out of his mm-hmm. life while he's trying to figure out what's going on. Cause he's desperately trying to figure out what, like what's happening with this, um, dead body, but also trying mm-hmm. to not let Buffy and Miss Calendar in on like what on what's knows. going on. Yeah, right. So Ethan shows up at the school, as does this possessed man, and mm-hmm. um, there's like this big fight that breaks out. Giles shows up, and um, you know Ethan kind of flees the scene as he does, and Miss <laughs> yeah. um, Calendar gets knocked out, and then this demon jumps from the dead body to her body because she's unconscious, and then 
they go, Giles takes her home, realizes Miss Calendar is possessed, and then mm-hmm. they kind of have to figure out a way to save her because yeah. turns out Giles was part of this group when yeah. he was a kid <laughs> that used to raise a demon to get high, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. they would knock themselves out and then get possessed by the demon. But the demon isn't usually supposed to possess things that aren't, like, either don't have the mark of Igon, which is mm-hmm. the name of the demon, or, or aren't dead. So um, Willow, savior as always, figures out a way to have Angel come in and get the demon to jump from his calendar's body into his. Mm-hmm. And he's able to get rid of the demon. And then... Um, and then we end on this really bummer note of everyone's really pissed at yeah. Giles. Like, they and act then, like he did all of this. And it's like, this is like from 20 years at least in his past, probably more. And he had no idea this was happening again. And they act like he did this horrible thing. But all he did was just not tell them about his past. Like, that kind of, mm. I don't know. But um, Well, who else anyway, was mad? I thought it was just Miss really, Calendar that's mad at him at the end. Well, she's... I think she's just upset. She's I like think she's just like from traumatized horror, yeah, from exactly. being possessed. And but Buffy wasn't I think mad also at because like he didn't like usually what happens is they figure out that there's a threat in town and then they all work together to stop it. But he mm-hmm. went off on his own and didn't tell any of them that this was happening. And right. I can kind of understand the being angry from that situation. But mm-hmm. like none of this is really his fault. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were mad at him, though. Mm-hmm. Just Miss Calendar. And I think yeah. she has good good cause. Maybe. Um, well, I think Buffy was just upset that Giles had never told her about his past. Um, mm. Also, I think they all feel a little bit betrayed because, it, you know, they find out that he knows Ethan and um, they didn't really, yeah, that didn't come up post Halloween. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's my really long, terrible <laughs> recap, but <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. So There is. And also it jumped a lot. Yeah. It jumped back and forth a lot. Like there's so much of this episode summary was like, and then the demon went from here to here and then it went from here to here. So it was like. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, you and did have maybe the more can we not one. talk about Giles's version of Slayer dreams? Oh, yeah, oh, like, they were awful. All those cuts of like him having those weird nightmares, like yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Oh, oh Giles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, to lighten the mood, we could talk about Buffy and Willow's like kind of infamous game of anywhere but here, <laughs> where they're describing yes. their fantasies. I like that. You know, you can kind of like date where this is, obviously by the celebrities that they choose although i'm a little bit surprised about john cusack i feel like he would have been a little bit too old at this point but maybe not he was a very cute i don't he was know a very maybe cute guy. what was he what maybe had gross point blank just come out maybe hmm maybe i'm i'm trying to i was really surprised by that too like yeah. i was trying to imagine Gavin Rosso, like, i was like yeah yeah makes sense makes sense <laughs> hey john cusack what also like Buffy's complimenting Willow on her fantasy, but, like, it revolves heavily around baked ziti, which, like, if you go to Italy, why are you eating baked ziti? <laughs> true. Like, get some real Italian food. Well, Willow doesn't know. It is just a good detail. She's just world building. Okay. She's um, building a very bad world. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, food critic. <laughs> um... John Cusack is a babe and say anything. So I, it's not, I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just, it seems a little bit like a, not totally, uh, like timely reference. Uh, yeah. So was Xander's person a real person? You know, or I was it like someone up. in their Sunnydale world? I always assumed yeah. it was someone that went, they go to school with because of the way he says it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think that's cute. One, Yeah. 
Um, I also, obviously, you know, um, of course, like I was, as I was taking my notes at the beginning of the episode, because I kind of just forgot how this played out. I was like, oh, Giles and Miss Calendar are so cute. And she knows, like, just how to tease him. And this is so charming. And I was like, you're an idiot, Jenny. Obviously, if things are going like that, it's because something terrible is about to happen. <laughs> so I don't know how I fell for that. I spent the whole first this half of this episode just being a little dazed. And I was like, oh, things are going so well. La, la, la. Well, so that is something that made me really sad watching this episode because the beginning of this episode is so cute. Like, you're watching them together. You get that great joke where, like, um, Buffy and Xander and Willow are, like, Uh kind of, like, marveling at that. And then they get really grossed out thinking about them together. And it's, like, it's funny, but it's cute. But then it's, like, this kind of starts this arc of, like, this almost love story that happens. I know, and they're never really going to recover. Like, no, they don't really recover (sighs) until... Until they do, they almost do, and then it's, like, this horrible, tragic end. But, like, also, thinking about that arc, this makes me so mad. Because it's almost like she she's angry at him for not sharing this part of his past or because part of his past came back to kind of haunt them. But, like, oh, my God, we find out this huge thing about her past and her family. And it's, like, you have no right to be angry about anyone keeping any secrets. that's a great point. She's keeping a huge one. Yeah. I wasn't really right. I was totally on her side at the end of this because I was like, God, that would be really traumatic. You know, I mean, it's awful what happens to her. She gets possessed by a demon. She didn't want anything to do with it. And then, like, it made her do and say crazy things. It makes her jump out of a glass window. You know, like, I could definitely understand, like, on top of which she's just, like, physically exhausted after this ordeal. So, like, I can definitely see her wanting to, like, need a break from Giles. But she does let it go on for a long time after this. And you're totally right that, like... We're going to find out very soon that she's also a huge liar, <laughs> as everybody is. Yes. And it just feels like... And to the same... It's to kind the, of played yeah. as, like, this, like, bad timing of, like, just when she and Giles are getting closer, they kind of all realize, like, she isn't really who she says he is, she is, and then it's this terrible t- timing. But, like, she has no right. It's just, yeah. like... Especially because... Yeah. This is so frustrating. Because she... Yeah, her lies have just as much, if not more, consequence than his does. I mean, it's hard to say more, because, right, eventually that demon was going to kill her. So, like, that's about as far as consequences can go. But, yeah, I mean, she's not she's not doing anything less bad. They're even better yeah. together than they think they are if they would just have some yeah. conversations. Um, we do get some continuity issues here of finding out that Giles has a magic past. Yeah. Um, whereas in the third episode of mm-hmm. the show, it's like he's acting like he's never seen or done magic before and I mean he literally says I've never cast a spell before (laughs) well so that kind of made me wonder like in this world is summoning a demon not the same as like Wicca magic or was Giles not the one actually casting the spell I don't know I mean I think it's just an error yeah or not really an error so much as a retcon yeah right they decided it makes way more sense for him to have this better backstory I think one could if if we needed really for it to make sense I think we could argue that he was lying to them when he said he didn't have any experience doing magic Mm -hmm. because he does successfully cast a spell, right? Like right Mm -hmm. off the bat. So he is pretty apt at it from the get go or he's done it before. I can see it being that way, you know, because again, even here it's like he met Ethan and he never told them about it. And for the whole first two thirds, three quarters of this episode, he's literally not telling anybody what his involvement is in this. So he is being pretty tight lipped about it because he doesn't want them. I think, I think he doesn't want to see himself this way, and he also doesn't want them to see him this way. So I think it right. almost and then, makes but sense. But also, I, I get some of that, but also, like, the thing that... Giles is also being really stupid, Oh, right? he like, totally he knows, is, yeah. 
he should be telling them about this because, like, more hands on deck the exactly. better. But also, like, he's the only one who knows how this demon operates exactly. and, like, what happens. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't tell anyone in the morgue that, like, this body might actually rise and become animate again. Mm-hmm. So you get this guy who dies in the morgue because yeah. Giles... Exactly. Does he think the yeah. guy's just dead or, like, he doesn't even think that Igon might be possessing him? Like, maybe at that point he doesn't know. I don't know. But, like... That's true. I guess he doesn't exactly know how the mechanics are working at that point because up until that point, their one friend died from it and that and he thought it was over. So, like, he doesn't exactly know that it's going to reanimate people. Or at least he doesn't see... Yeah, I think it's plausible that he doesn't know. But I, all what, these other people had died and he doesn't think of how that might have happened, like, how there's a chain of deaths. That's true. Like, Obviously, the demon is traveling from body to body, but... Well, I, I think he thinks the demon is going around and killing them, not necessarily by possessing them. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Well, what I did... What I, you know, it's funny I don't know, but they also are all... Sorry? <laughs> well, what I, what I liked about that is that, right, like, kind of the whole point of this episode is, like, finding out that Giles is fallible and that he has done some horrible things. But I actually think what really worked about, like, what you're, what you're talking about um, is that... Right. So like part of it is supposed to be like, oh, we learn that he did a stupid and terrible thing when he was young. But really, throughout this episode, he also is like he's making so many mistakes. I feel like that was actually a much better way of driving the point home that like turns out Giles is just a human as well. And he's doing 100 percent of the things that he has told Buffy she shouldn't do in these situations. Right. Yeah. All the all the secrecy, all the lying, all the trying to do it on his own. Like that's all the stuff that he would discourage her from doing. And we see him do it. You know, I, I think that's just so, so realistic, right. right? Like it's just a really good depiction of like, Oh, that's right. It's not only that he made mistakes as a youth. It's that he's still a human who's going to continue to make mistakes. And like, also just because he's an adult doesn't mean that he's, he's lost all of these bad habits or that like his guilt and you know, his own personal issues aren't going to affect him. But I really liked that. Right, actually, I, I thought it was like a really good demonstration of, of him. I agree with that. I think that's like a really good, thing like the way the art kind of played out I do wish it had happened in a little bit less of like a hokey way of like you know Giles dramatically like on the phone or you know brooding and drinking or or Buffy (laughs) even coming into the school and going I think he was drinking yeah like oh my god like and then they were like at home alone Mm -hmm. and I was just like is is this bad I do this all the time (laughs) (laughs) oh my god are you possessed by a demon just kidding. Am I, should you be worried about me? Should I be worried? I have a glass of wine by myself. I, <laughs> Do you have I any like new mysterious tattoos? From this episode, like, yeah, hmm. God. Um, but like, <laughs> so that felt a little hokey to me, but the rest of it I'm, I'm here for. Like, I think yeah. it's good. I also, this is the first time that we see Giles's place, right? Yeah, so, that's a good point. Um, which one, I think he lives at Melrose Place. <laughs> it looks like it. But two, also, this episode, it was a little bit interesting to see scenes set in um, locations and sets that will be regular spaces yeah, in future seasons. Yeah, that's a great point. Like mm-hmm. um, the magic shop and Giles' mm-hmm. apartment. Wait, well, that was the magic spend, shop? Like, I thought that was... Season four. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't recognize Ethan's that one. Was, I think it's the same I thought same it was just his... Shop. I thought it was either... I thought it was the... Co- I thought it was just his apartment. I don't know. He did have a lot of mannequins no, that last, from the... The last scene when... Um, so Ethan... Um, oh, when he was giving her the tattoo? Right, Ethan no, drops Buffy to give her the tattoo. About. And then he... We didn't... I didn't. So I didn't talk about this. So Ethan... Right. Pretty hardcore. Like, burns off his Super own tattoo hardcore, with acid. Yeah. That's exactly... And then gives yeah. Buffy a tattoo so that when the demon eventually shows up, as he knows it will... Mm-hmm. It'll go for Buffy instead of him. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens. But I think all of that takes place in the magic shop. Interesting. Hmm. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. 
I just kind of yeah. thought it was where he had had the costume shop before. But, yeah, but. and I mean, like, they bring Ethan back because maybe he was an interesting character, or they always meant to, because, like, he gives us this insight into Giles' mm-hmm. past, but, like, I have questions about, like, tying Ethan into this story, like... Interesting. You know, is Ethan having visions like Giles yeah. is? Like, he doesn't really seem that concerned. That's just because Ethan is an asshole. <laughs> like, he totally is having those visions. That's just He just doesn't react the same way at all. You know, he's not... Yeah. Ugh, I love Ethan. I could watch him. I mean, I'm glad they don't abuse him, but, like, he's such a great one-off character, I think, of, like... he's You know, because he's just so, like... Like, Buffy asks him what he's doing, and he's, like, snooping. And she's like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, he's just so unapologetic yeah. about everything. Like, he does not give a shit about anyone else, and he's, like, totally happy to just do it with a kind of witty retort. Yep, just unapologetically yeah. evil. Yeah. He's kind of like the human spike, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's not even so evil as, a, as much as he is just completely selfish. I, I mean, obviously, that's, like, a subset of evil. But you know what I mean? Like, he's not, yeah, well, no, he's pretty evil. He is trying to wreak havoc all the time. Yeah, like he just hmm. sows chaos. Yeah. That's what he enjoys. Yeah. Like he's, he's already little, done that once with Halloween. He he's going to do it again in yeah. future seasons and do the same thing and purely for the love of chaos. Causing like, mayhem. Yeah, totally. Not because <laughs> he really wants to kill anyone. He just loves to see what happens when like Yeah, and know, he doesn't seem to I mean, have like his his plans don't have like big like payouts, right? Like no. the Halloween, like no he wasn't going to somehow it's not Pinky in the Brain where he's like this is a means to take over the world. Like he's just doing it for kicks. I guess that's why he's right, so and fun. I think he is just chaotic. The, he's, yeah. Well, I think the other episode that he's in, there's kind of a... And there is some sort of monetary like kind of value. Tied into, like, a subplot mm-hmm. of, like, the vampires are in it for a certain thing, and then he's doing it just for the fun of it. Right. But, like, he has no moral compunction about, like, making everything go insane, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, which is fun to watch. It and, is, like, yeah. he seems to enjoy it, which is fun to watch him enjoy exactly. it. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um... I also want to talk about, so this episode is really dark, but it is really funny mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned a little bit, but Cordelia in this episode. Oh my God, she was a star. Is, yeah. she's, she's so great. Like, first of all, like that whole scene with the cops in the library, yeah. like she just <laughs> cannot pick up on a situation, no. but also love the continuation from the pilot of her being bad at computers. Yes, totally. And so that's why she and Xander are in this Saturday computer course, which is the basically the means to get everyone to the school where this mm-hmm. guy will attack. But I love it. And then I also love, like, they all figure out something's going on, and so Buffy's kind of, like, marshalling the troops and, like, mm-hmm. giving everyone instructions. And Cordelia's, like, eagerly awaiting her yeah. instructions from Buffy, and Buffy's kind of like... Oh, you're still here. <laughs> well, and because her what stated reason is because she cares about Giles. Ugh, I totally awed out so loud. Cute. I was like, oh my god, you're so sweet. And she kicks Ethan in the, I think in the groin and like stops him from escaping, momentarily at least. Probably, yeah. No, no, like literally um, it happens. He like falls over and then she's like, I kicked him. <laughs> it's really cute. She totally stops him. He just escapes again later because he always escapes. As he did at the end, very yeah. end of this episode, right? Like Ethan's not gone. He's totally coming back, but. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but she did as good a as good a job as anyone. Well, I, and then I love her line. She's like, "This is what happens when you have school on Saturday." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about my other concern concerning implication of this episode is that so like Giles and his friends were summoning this demon to like get high. They also make it sound like people usually do that to have like crazy orgies. So it's just like many allusions in this episode to like Giles is going to sleep in his calendar. Giles was having wild orgies with his friends. It was just like a lot of. That's a little theme, running theme for the background of Giles. Well, 
I think that they said that that was one reason people summon the demon. They never really said that's what. Oh, I know. I know they don't say it. I'm. I'm saying I'm. Uh, that's my assumption based on the evidence that they're providing. Also based on those flashbacks or the little nightmares. Yeah, I mean, you do have to wonder. Like, they would get possessed one at a time. Yeah. So. What's everyone else doing? How does everyone else enjoy that? Like, it's it's kind of weird. Like, it's a solo activity. Hmm. It seems like. I mean, they're probably getting off on well, the like you need power a group to of help you. wielding a, ma- a well, lot of like force. the power yeah. of summoning a demon yeah. or something. I think not. Obviously, not to the same extent, but I think just like the way that anyone gets kind of like heady with power, you know. Right. Ugh. Um, well, also just kind of to again point out sort of an obvious foreshadowing here is that this is not the first time that we're going to talk about magic as though it's drugs. <laughs> you know, this is totally like a, a proto That's season true. six. I mean, and, and, and it specifically that is a, with that is summoning the undercurrent of, yeah. Specifically the way right. in which he's like, summoning magic and it seems to kind of do. Like, yeah. It has this really alluring yeah, like addictive magic property. Is powerful, but it's addictive. Mm-hmm. The power is addictive. Yeah. <sighs> um, why do you think Giles didn't just rem- get his tattoo removed? I have some answers. This is a thing I already thought about. Well, I was thinking about, like, so they all disband this group because the one guy loses control and gets taken mm-hmm. by the demon. So mm-hmm. I suppose he's no longer possessed or controlled in a controlled possession. He's, like, fully, like, becoming the demon. So they have to kill the guy. So mm-hmm. I think in, after that, they killed the friend and they thought they killed the demon. I thought the demon killed the guy. I didn't think they murdered him. No, he said they killed their friend because it was the only way they, they knew to kill the demon. Oh, because, I thought he like, was just implying demon, he feels guilty for it. I thought they just lost control. Hmm. No, because when when then when Miss Calendar's right. possessed, he's panicking because he's like the only I don't know how to save her without killing her. Hmm. Like he only knows how to kill the demon. So I think I he didn't get rid of it again because too, he didn't think it mattered anymore. Yeah. I think it was also, like, penance. You know, he wanted to remember. Possibly. Because he yeah. obviously feels guilty about either killing with his own hands or killing by association, that guy. I bet Ethan's the one who killed that guy. I'm going to listen to it again. I really thought he was implying that the demon killed him. Killed him, yeah. Interesting. No, it sounds like that, Like, but it says, like, they were like, we killed him or something. He said we killed him, but I guess I thought, again, he was just assuming the guilt for it because he felt so bad. But Right, but if his friend was taken whole by the demon, then, like, you mm-hmm. know, he's still dead. Yeah. Interesting. Like, they didn't exercise the demon. Right. So the friend was killed, too. No, 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 I know. I was, I was thinking I, that I think the demon, having the demon in him is what killed his friend. That's what I, I understood it to be. See, I understood it to be that that didn't necessarily kill him, but that they didn't know how to get him out, so they just killed both mm. with as one body, essentially. I was thinking he, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not really explained. Yeah. Well, it makes a difference to me. Like, how many people does Giles end up murdering? Well, with that's my point. Is, yeah. I don't think... He, I would guess in that group that Ethan's the one who was just like, well, let's just kill him. It's but, true, but it makes a difference um, to me. I, that's why I'm like, oh, me personally, like thinking of Giles as a killer, I've definitely been thinking of him as just like a guilty by his act, like, you know, his association with this, but not like as the person who, not making such an active choice. 
I'm losing my hero. I mean, it's possible hero. that his friend wasn't going to be alive after the demon possession, mm-hmm. but I always took it to mean, because when he, because of that he then says, I don't know how to get rid right, of it without, without killing, killing him. him. Yeah, or killing I her. I assume yeah. that they killed his friend. Hmm. Huh, well, either way. Either way, Buffy has to use all of her shoe allowance to remove a tattoo, <laughs> which I think yes. is a hilarious callback, and I love that they, like, deal with the consequences of her literally getting a tattoo. <laughs> uh her very important shoes. Her very important Which, shoes. Sometimes shoes are very important. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, um, those are those are all my thoughts this week. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much um, man, I'm like exhausted after talking about these two episodes. <laughs> they're, they're so like weighty and like they have so much consequence for stuff down the road. It's like we're getting into the good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not just talking about how we're trying to find the bright spots in this really crappy episode. Right. It's like there's good stuff happening yeah. here. And we're coming up on even um, greater can... episodes. Yes. So next week is... What's my line? What's my line? Part one and two. Part one and two. And we're going to have... Of the yeah. We're going to have an exciting really good guest one. again. At least, you know, yes, cross our fingers it all we're works out. But yeah. One of our other friends is yeah. going to be visiting me, so we're going to record together. And when I looked up what episodes he was going to be here for, I was like, oh, my God, these are such good ones. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and he's a big Buffy fan, so I think mm-hmm. this is going to be exciting. Yeah. I do think it would be fun one time to have someone on who's like knows either hasn't nothing watched, about yeah. Buffy or hasn't really. Yeah, because yeah. I do want to like explain a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so hard to see from that perspective. Also, it would probably curb us from talking about season six and seven every episode when we're only in season two. No, you know what? Maybe not. So here's the thing. So I <laughs> recently caught, um, so every, so last summer I realized CNN during the summer, like when they're not doing 24 hour, like news coverage, mm-hmm. they have these like documentaries on like different decades. And mm-hmm. so last summer, I think I watched the seventies Okay. and, um, and maybe there was one in the eighties. I don't know. But then... Um, there's one on now, or maybe it was the sixties. I don't know what it was, but the one they're airing right now is on the nineties. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we've gotten to the point where that was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we're running documentaries on the nineties where this is just like when I was a kid watching documentaries on the eighties, right? Like I feel so old that my childhood is the subject of a documentary, but one of the episodes was on TV in the 90s, and, I mean, they covered everything from, like, Seinfeld and Friends to the mm-hmm. Late Night Wars and, like, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But what they also covered was Buffy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> there was a pretty significant section on Buffy the Vampire Slayer because they were talking about, like, female-driven television. Mm-hmm. And... I don't worry anymore about spoiling anything because no one's listening to this podcast, but <laughs> CNN spoiled the, the end of season two of Buffy okay. on this show because they like basically laid out the entire plot of the finale. Yeah. So, um, so we're in good company. Not so worried anymore. We, we lay about out the finale because we also have spoiled the finale like four to five different times. Yeah. But I'm going to point the finger at CNN. Okay. So. They're the ones that let this happen. You're right. It's exactly. totally their fault. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Okay, well, um, that is not my pop culture reference. (laughs) I didn't think it was. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, you want to tell me what? Yeah, what's your reference or recommendation this week? Um, So I really want to recommend this, not entirely because I think it's like amazing, but there, 
many reasons. So I was, so when I was out traveling like the last month and I've been slowly kind of whittling away what accumulated on my DVR, Mm -hmm. um, mostly what's waiting for me is like the Americans and I have to sort of always like gear myself up to watch and then I just like binge it essentially. But, um, I watched the last two episodes of this season of iZombie. Oh yeah. I still haven't watched that. It's a show on the CW, but it's from the creator of Veronica Mars, Mm -hmm. um, which essentially is why I first started watching it. But it's, it's very lighthearted and like kind of, um, it's clever. It's fun to watch. It's like, you know, an easy show. It's like not, doesn't make you think too hard about Mm -hmm. the real, it's not like a dark zombie show really. I mean, sometimes it gets dark, but, but I would definitely recommend it. I mean, there are a lot of good actors and funny characters on there, but the two main reasons I think I still enjoy it are one, because it's the creator of, um, Veronica Mars and like Joss Whedon, Rob Thomas is very, um, loyal to his actors, right? Mm-hmm. Like he will it's bring same, people yeah. that were on previous shows. Like you see this in Party Down, right. like where you get a lot of um, people. But so, I mean, we've got a whole stable of Veronica Mars actors that are like recurring on the show. Um, and, you know, um, like the lawyer guy, he plays like a weatherman or a news anchor. Oh, and, okay. um, yeah. And then uh, most recently in these last few episodes of the season, um, the actor, I forget his name, but Logan mm-hmm. is on. Oh, that's exciting. So, I haven't seen him in anything else. Yeah, it was. It was exciting for me. Um, I was like, hey, Logan. Yeah. Um, but, like, so that's pretty fun. But then also what I realized that these moments on these episodes that really I enjoy are, so she has, she's a zombie, so she has to eat brains, mm-hmm. right? And so the whole shtick is, like, she's a, she works in a morgue so that she has access to these brains. <laughs> okay. But she, they, they, they very rarely show her eating them just like straight. Mm-hmm. So there's always this very wonderfully edited, elaborate sequence of how she's cooking the brains <laughs> of different foods. Okay. And every week it's a, okay. every week it's a different dish. And I realized, like, I came to this realization. You're watching, like, watching it as the like last a one, where she like basically. Yes, she like basically turned her brains into like a mug cake, uh-huh. and complete with like whipped cream and sprinkles. And I was like. I'm totally here for this. Like, I don't really want brains, but like, I was like, oh my God, this is what it, this is my favorite part of the show are these food sequences of like her turning <laughs> the brains into something that looks incredibly delicious, uh, that's you really know? Great. So funny. <laughs> I mean, that's the way to my heart is a slickly edited yeah. food video. So. Uh, yeah, no, I've been wanting to watch that for a long time because you've mentioned it to me before, but I just haven't, you know, it's not, you just got to be in the right emotional place to start a show and I haven't. I haven't quite hit that. Yes, that is true. I mean, that's why I still haven't started Terrace House. So That's fair. I accept. Yeah. Um, Mostly because I'm trying to read more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> technically you'd be reading subtitles. Does that count? Does that count? Well, <laughs> I don't think that counts on Goodreads, so I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'm going to work to get it added to Goodreads. Um, <laughs> okay. If that can add to my uh, yearly reading challenge, then okay. that would be much appreciated. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so my, my recommendation this week is, uh, I swear that I've been meaning to do this anyway, but also I'm doing it because we got called out and also cause Jordan's going to be here next week. <clears throat> but to my friend, I was going to wait and do it when he was here. Cause I just listened to him call you out. I know. <laughs> well, so to, okay. My friend Jordan is the one who's going to be record or our friend Jordan. He's going to be re- recording with us next week. And he, and another one of my friends from high school, um, this guy, George, they have a podcast, um, that comes out on a sort of unpredictable schedule, or at least I haven't figured it out, but um, it's called Boldly Going Nowhere, and they talk about mostly politics and, like, world events or, like, technology events, um, 
but they're just, you know, they're cool, interesting guys. And like Jordan has read more books than any person I've ever met. And he's a history buff. And I like between him and then George, who was like our, you know, he's like always been into civics and always been into politics. I think between the two of them, they just always offer like a really knowledgeable opinion and take on things that are going on in the news. Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody needs another (laughs) news podcast right now, but like they're just they just have have very interesting insights. I don't always agree with them and I always tell them when I don't, but I always get something out of listening to it. So, no, I would agree. It's good. Like it's I think it's interesting because, first of all, George is, well, ostensibly Republican. Yeah. Former. um, Yeah. Not so much anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been a really interesting thing to listen to for the duration of like the last few months because um, it's not to me like it doesn't sound like just a typical like rehashing of the day's news Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's like you're listening to two people argue over what the news means for the country Mm -hmm. and like what's going on and why things should be done certain ways or in their opinions. But also it's like this really like sad story of listening to like George lose faith in America. Yeah, that's true. That is sad. (laughs) Uh, but it's okay. entertaining. It is entertaining. And I also really, I just like appreciate a lot of the things that they pick out. Like they are, you know, sometimes they're talking about like robotics and just different technology changes and what that means, like the potential fallout and, and consequences of those kinds of things. So it's definitely the sort of stuff that I'm like, ah, this is what I should be reading about in the news, but I click on some bullshit, you know, pop culture page instead. So it's like, it's nice. Anyway, everybody. Well, there's tell always Jordan pop culture because Jordan does like reviews of of like video games and movies and stuff and um I actually really appreciated the last episode because they talked extensively about the civil war Mm -hmm. um and at the end of it recommended uh you know George was talking about watching the Ken Burns documentary Mm -hmm. which has been on my to watch list on Netflix for as long as Netflix (laughs) has existed um yeah and I listened to that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch. So, like, I actually started watching that last oh, night. Funny. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. So well, I'm sure he'll be glad to um, hear it. I, w- I would wholeheartedly endorse this podcast. Um, you're right in that it comes out a little bit unpredictably, but I think, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was, you know, as someone who strives really hard to have a regularly scheduled podcast, mm-hmm. like, I was kind of like, you know, they should really try to do that. But then also I was thinking that might be a little unfair to demand that of them because from what I can glean listening mm-hmm. to it, it sounds emotionally draining. It to is, have yeah. Those conversations. Yeah, totally. And also, so, also George has a baby, I, you know, <laughs> which is like well, a, there's that, get a, but, a good excuse for anyone. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, you're totally right. It's it like, is like rough. Yeah. If you're going to talk to it at that level of passion, like, mm-hmm. you know, they need to have some time to find something big to talk about um although there's well it's and and, you know and there's two sides of that like there's you could argue there's no shortage of big things to talk about but at the same time it's like god the trump fatigue must be real Mm -hmm. so i guess um, the one you know you can only say the same thing so many times Uh, the other thing that you touched on that i appreciate and part of this is just because they're you know they've been friends for a really long time and part of it is just their actual demeanors you know personally but like they're not always agreeing with each other but they're always just like listening to what the other person is saying and then calmly and respectfully responding. And it's just like so refreshing to hear somebody argue in just like a productive manner. That's not just like yelling. Ugh. So yeah, for that alone, I feel like that's like who even does that these days? No one. Mm. No, it, it is kind of, of, 
I think some I get excited for new episodes because it is sort of a reminder of like we can we all can just be civil, get along. yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to devolve into this like mm-hmm. you know vitriolic attack yeah. just because someone doesn't necessarily agree with your politics. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, and, and it's interesting because like you know, um, I a lot of what George says a lot of the times like I'm not necessarily agreeing with, mm-hmm. but I I can respect that he's got a well reasoned argument mm-hmm. and um, it's it's kind of refreshing to hear someone passionately making these arguments based on facts. And he's just come to a different opinion based on the facts, but he's not trying to argue based on right. He's not trying to tell you information. Yeah. 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 He's not trying to lie to further in an opinion. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice to listen to. So, Mm. um, so next week we'll have Jordan hopefully on here to maybe talk a little more about his own podcast and, um, yeah, mostly. Well, do you want to talk about why you decided to plug it? Because I know why. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought I already said it. It's because he called me out on their last episode. Because one time I mentioned, we did mention their podcast, and I told you you weren't allowed to say the name of it. And I said that because it's a running joke on my favorite podcast, which is My Brother, My Brother, and Me, where they, they, they're they always like, we can't give anyone free advertising. And they're like, they're just joking around. But I had that in my head, and then like, I never I never actually said what the name of it was. So sorry I sounded like a jerk. I totally want people to listen to their podcast. But then what happened was they refused to give us free oh, advertising right. also, yes, 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 in yes. reciprocating that. So, so now Jordan they have to and George, us. if you're listening to this, please mention once more with commentary yeah. on your podcast. Uh, yeah, no, you're totally right. Uh, we'll, we'll beg him again next time mm-hmm. for this. So, yeah. Yeah. Now that Jenny's made nice. <laughs> made so. nice. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be mean. I was trying to tell a weird inside joke about this other podcast. Didn't work. Okay, well, I'm excited. I'm excited to record next week. It was fun last time we had Claire here, so I think it'll be fun to have a third person again. And there's going to be some great episodes. Not that you're not fun, Jenny. Oh, no, I know, but, like, yeah. (laughs) I'm nothing but fun. No. Um, Okay, so, yeah, we've got What's My Line 1 and 2 coming up, Mm -hmm. so lots of big goodies in Mm -hmm. in those episodes. I'm excited to talk about those um but until then i'm team um, yeah i'm team spike i I like started saying this and i was like you know what i'm gonna be team ripper this week because i think ripper got the bad end of the stick on this episode i like it (laughs) all right ripper we'll see you next week okay uh talk to you next time Mm -hmm. once more with commentary is produced by me Allie, and me jenny our theme music is from the album rockingham by nerf herder and our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at OMWC Podcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. Mm-hmm.